Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Tuesday, February 6th, 526 a.m. Central Time. I'll run the quotes this morning. March corn futures up one at 443 and three quarters. March soybeans up one at 1197 and a quarter. March Chicago wheat up two at 592 and a quarter. March Kansas City wheat up one and a quarter at 615 and a quarter. March spring wheat up one and three quarters at 692 and three quarters. Mackenzie, we missed you in Nashville. Well, I miss you guys too. That darn weather, that really got in the way of me making it your way. It was cool. It was the, so it was the first time that we ever did like a live version of the podcast, like in front of an audience. There were absolutely some AV issues that we had to work through. I wasn't super thrilled with how the audio turned out. Um, we oh. couldn't get our graphics up on YouTube, which I wasn't happy about either. But I, I, I figured there would be some sort of like technical issue, but it was cool. Crowd was right. great. We had a good time. Talked to a lot of cool people. Thanks again to Matt and Brian uh, and the Ag Market guys for Letting us uh, crash their party there. Okay, let's get everybody all uh, hot and bothered here this morning. So former President Trump plans to impose hefty tariffs on China. Trump was asked about the potential tariffs in a Fox News interview over the weekend. When asked about the rumors, Trump confirmed that he is considering tariffs of 60% or more on Chinese goods if elected. Trump believes that tariffs are necessary because China has taken advantage of the U.S. During Trump's presidency, tariffs amounted to an $80 billion tax increase on $380 billion worth of imports. In response to the tariffs, China imposed levies on U.S. imports, such as poultry, wheat, and soybeans. For more than 20 years, the U.S. has been China's largest export destination. I have a disclaimer that I'm going to read before I talk about this. This is what I wrote in the email this morning. We avoid politics at all costs. That being said, the issue of a potential Trump presidency and the tariff implications must be discussed. We have no agenda other than to report news that may move the markets. If you guys don't think that this can move the markets, you're out of your damn mind. Um, you don't remember 2018. You have a short memory. Let's do some review here. So this is what Trump was asked. Uh, Maria Bartiromo was on with Trump on Sunday morning. She said, now, the Washington Post is saying that you're talking about 60% tariffs on Chinese goods. Is that in the cards? Trump says, no, I would say maybe it's going to be more than that. So yeah, he's absolutely uh, considering tariffs. We talked about this last week. I was accused of reporting fake news. Um, we were told that we should stay out of politics, and we do stay out of politics. I don't, I don't want to talk about politics, but this is a market-moving deal, potentially, guys, potentially. Donald Trump uh, may very well be the next president of the United States. You go to Vegas today, there's a 55% probability that he's elected. Let's go back and look at 2018. China put tariffs on U.S. soybeans in April of 2018, and the market fell on its ass. They signed a trade deal in January of 2020. But in that time frame, soybeans traded from $8 to $9 on the board. It was, it was an ugly market. It was not good. Um, China was largely able to avoid U.S. soybeans because they had hog issues. They had African swine fever. They were using less. But guess what? Right now, China also has hog issues that we've discussed uh, in recent videos. So you've got some similarities there. You've got these big South American crops coming online. You've got a U.S. bean market that's overpriced um, versus Brazil. China is a big deal. So as it relates to U.S. soybean export sales, China accounts for 55 percent of all commitments this year and exports in total is projected to be 42 percent of all demand for soybeans. So uh 
take uh, a few steps forward. Let's fast forward to January, February. Trump gets elected. Uh, he goes through with the tariff thing. Could China afford to avoid U.S. soybeans for a while? Again, I think that they probably could. Yeah. And I think that there could be some implications here. So, guys, I don't have an agenda here. I'm trying to tell you what could move the markets. And this is a big deal. It was a big deal in 2018. And granted, uh, I, and you got to say this also because people get mad at me about this. Yeah, eventually they signed a phase one trade deal and China bought a whole bunch of uh, soybeans and corn out of COVID, out of 2020. Um, also, farmers received those MFP payments, which um, were your market facilitation program or whatever. So it was trade war payments is what they were. But uh, that's the way that this worked in 2018. And it it could very well work that way again. So I'm sorry if you guys get upset about this, but uh, no, we're not reporting fake news. Trump's own advisors, even before he said it on Sunday morning, uh, had basically said, yeah, we're going to do tariffs again, and, and it's in the cards. That's the plan. And, and Trump confirmed it. So guys, I don't have an agenda here. I'm just trying to tell you what could be a big time market moving event uh, in the future. Uh, and I don't, if you like it, you don't like it, whatever, but that's, it is what it is, guys. According to well-followed private group Ag Rural, 16% of Brazil's soybean crop had been harvested as of last Thursday. Ag Rural is projecting this season's soybean crop to reach 150.1 million tons. The group also reported that 27% of Brazil's second corn crop in its south-central region had been planted as of last Thursday. The corn planting pace is the fastest since Ag Rural began keeping records back in 2013. This is a much less controversial topic, um, I would imagine. Okay, so uh, things are moving along. The corn planting pace is really good uh, or fast, and I don't know if that's good or bad. Uh, weather in Brazil, I'm sorry, I've got Argentina up first, and then I got Brazil. Uh, let's do Argentina. So in Argentina, I think if there's a weather issue right now, this is it, and um, they're going to catch some rains again beginning tomorrow. They're coming off kind of a hot and dry streak. They're going to catch some rains, I call it Wednesday through maybe Sunday, Monday, Tuesday next week. But then, depending on your interpretation of the long-term forecast, it could turn dry again. So if there's a South American weather concern right now, I think it's Argentina. Brazil, generally speaking, appears to be in good shape. They started off very dry. So the early yield reports out of Brazil are going to be the worst. As we move forward, I think they'll get better. There are some of these areas in southern Brazil that could use some rains. But overall, if there is a concern that the trade is concerned about right now, I think it's probably Argentina more so. Um, here's a graphic, and this is just an updated version of what Brazil and Argentina combined soybean production may look like. I've got Brazil at 150, USDA and cone average still way higher than that. USDA will probably come down on Thursday. Um, I've got Argentina at 50 because... I don't know. People were talking 52, 53, and, and now with this recent weather, maybe not. So I, I kept Argentina at 50. So you're talking 200 combined, which is a record by a fairly wide margin the way that it looks. So if you guys have not checked out our premium content, you need to do so. Joe, can you tell me about some of the videos we put together last week? Uh, so, social media on Cir <laughs> Circus on Friday. We talked about the we talked about the Trump story and how like, so you say the word Trump and it doesn't even matter what you say after you say the word and people lose their damn minds. Everybody flips out because that's yep. the world that we live in right now. Politics didn't used to be like that. And we don't like talking about politics, but uh, it's kind of interesting. Um, last week, I did a video about accumulators. And if you guys are have ever been involved in or are considering accumulators, premium pricing contracts, any of these uh, things that the elevators or grain buyers offer, you should watch this video because I go through like what they do and how you can do it also in a futures account. 
I don't like uh, this stuff personally. I typically tell people to stay away from the accumulators and the premium pricing, but this is like must know stuff. If you've ever been involved in them, if you're considering them. And then um, we did a live video with Brian Burke from uh, John Stewart from Nashville. And this was about the farmer logistics puke. Um, I He's he's on the commercial side with, with John Stewart. And uh, the question is kind of like, are farmers puking up corn bushels? And the answer was, yeah, but maybe not in the way that you think. So we've had some really great premium stuff. Guys, remember here on YouTube and on the podcast, we do the news, the premium stuff. We do a whole bunch of analysis. We really get down into the nitty gritty when it comes to grain marketing. Um, all of our cash grain recommend, cash grain recommendations are tracked every day. Um, check this deal out. It's $50 per month. You can cancel at any time. There's no other fee. There's no other obligation. You get our morning email at 5 a.m. Central Time. Uh, you get all of our premium videos. There's a brand new one every day. This is the best way to support what we're doing here. YouTube pays us like enough to keep the lights on. The podcast pays us nothing. So premium subs, we love you guys. You enable us to do what we do every morning. And if you're not a premium sub, uh, check it out today. U.S. soybean shipments improved significantly last week. USDA reported that 52 million bushels of soybeans were inspected for export during the week ending uh, February 1st. The print exceeded pre-report estimates and increased 56% compared to the previous week, but declined 25% compared to the same week last year. Corn shipments fell below pre-report estimates and declined 32% versus the prior week at 25 million bushels. Wheat shipments were soft at 10 million bushels, down 6.2% compared to the previous week and down 55% versus the same week last year. That's a good soybean print, especially for this time of year. It's still off a little bit versus last year. What you will see here, what typically happens from a seasonal standpoint, is that soybean shipments will decline as we move forward and corn shipments will improve. So we're getting into like primetime corn shipping season here. We did have a flash sale on Monday. U.S. exporters sold 155,000 metric tons of corn to Mexico for delivery during the current marketing year. Since the beginning of the year, U.S. exporters have sold a total of 456,700 metric tons of corn to Mexico through flash sales. Mexico is uh, the largest corn buyer this year by a wide margin. Mexico accounts for 46% of all export commitments this year, uh, which is uh, the biggest by a wide margin. So um, a lot of this probably has to, I mean, Mexico is always a big corn buyer, but uh, some of this has to do with the Panama Canal issues and the logistics issues. The fact that you can ship corn to Mexico via rail, which is cheaper. You don't have to deal with those obstacles. So uh, we are happy to have them. On Monday, Tyson Foods' stock rose 2% as the company exceeded fiscal first quarter profit projections. Sales increased to $13.32 billion, up from $13.26 billion last year. The company's beef sales climbed to $5 billion, up from $4.7 billion a year ago during the same quarter. The beef sector, however, had an adjusted operating loss of $117 million. According to Tyson, the quick deterioration of cattle futures during the first quarter negatively impacted first quarter results. Tyson's CEO said he has not seen significant heifer retention to start rebuilding the U.S. cattle herd. Would you agree with that comment regarding heifer retention in the cattle herd? Most definitely. We are far from guys keeping heifers, whether it be because of drought or profitabil profitability. No one is interested right now in rebuilding the herd, uh, not significantly.
It's a multi-year story. What did cattle do yesterday? Uh, cattle futures closed lower yesterday. Feeders were an average of a buck eighty-nine lower. Live cattle futures closed an average of a buck nineteen lower. Box beef was slightly up yesterday. Choice ended the day at two ninety-three forty-eight. That was up forty cents. So select ended the day at two eighty-three seventy-seven. That was up thirty cents. Outside markets on Tuesday, U.S. dollars about flat. Stocks are just marginally lower. Bonds are flat. Gold and silver about flat. Crude oil is up 40 cents at 73.18 in the March WTI. Pretty quiet stuff. Have a great day today, guys. We'll talk to you on Wednesday.